director of our Harvest Kids Christian Daycare, Stacy Harris. And uh, praise God, we're so excited uh, for the privilege of having her and Brother Philip on our team. And uh, praise God, uh, I wanted to say, because of a word of counsel we got from the state who issues our license, they have encouraged us to go, in, go ahead and begin to uh, create a waiting list or go ahead and begin open enrollment so we could gauge before she comes to do her inspection about how many kids we might start with. So be watching and listening on Facebook, Harvest Kids, uh, Christian Daycare, Paducah, Facebook, right? Announcements from us. Or the website for the daycare is harvestkidspad.com. Sometime this week, we are going to open up enrollment uh, for uh, families. And so again, you know, we only have so many spots for babies, so many spots, and they're going to fill up quick. And so um, if you want to um, put a word in with Miss Stacy after church, uh, go ahead and do that. And we can get your email and get you. There's a little family packet information um, that you that every family has to fill out for us to consider, you know, them as a candidate for our daycare. Uh, People have asked me, are we taking the state assistance? Of course we are Uh, from Illinois, uh, Kentucky, wherever the little one is coming from. And so if you are able to get the state uh, reimbursement for daycare costs, uh, we are facilitating that as well. And, um, you know, this is aggressive. It's our hope, but it's, it's well within our reach to, to be able to begin parents allowing you to put your kid on campus the beginning of March. That's what we're, you know, and that's, uh, Stacy goes, ah, but God's going to help her make it happen. Amen. We are also still looking for part-time or full-time cook for the daycare, right? So if you want to work a couple of days, you want to work two or three, if you would let us know, um, because we are serving breakfast, lunch, and an afternoon snack for our kids. So hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Is there like a game going on today or something? (laughs) Okay. What time does it start? So I have how much time? No, you got a few minutes anyway, though, right? Hallelujah. I can see people like, we're leaving right now. No, No, we're not doing that. Second Timothy. Father, we so thank you for what you're unveiling to us in this series. Father God, I pray it would continue this morning. That you would enlighten us by your spirit as to the miracle of what we have in the written word, the logos of God. The rhema of God. And I just so thank you, Father, that God, that there is an, a, a growing, an increasing regard and reverence and faith and trust in your word as we talk about it, teach on it, minister about it. Father, get involved with us again. Help me to be an effective and able pastor and minister. God, help the people that have come today to pull on the gift and to have their hearts wide open to receive it. God, I pray that they didn't come to hear something, but to leave the same. But I pray, God, that they're, they're coming to every service in the full knowledge. I'm coming to hear what I'm not thinking, what I'm not doing, and I'm going to change. I'm going to begin to do it. And even if I've been doing it, I'm going to do it in a greater way than I've ever done it. God, that's the only way that, Father God, that we're going to have real change and that we're going to begin to really profit. Glory to God and experience your will in daily life. So help us in this, Father, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So this is uh, the fifth lesson in our series called The Word of God. And so if you uh, have been behind or missed any of these teachings, uh, we encourage you to go to the World Harvest of Church of Paducah podcast, our website. Get those. You can download them free to your phone. Uh, if you'd like to have a CD or an MP3, you can go back to the bookstore and uh, arrange to get that. But catch up with us. Amen. Second Timothy 3.16. I want to read this to you from the Phillips translation. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the faith, for correcting error, for resetting the direction of a man's life, and training him in good living. The Scriptures are the comprehensive equipment for the man of God and fit him or her fully for all branches of his or her work. Hallelujah. And so the Word of God is useful. And that's the understatement of the century. King James, New King James, I think says profitable. The Word of God is profitable. And it would take me too much time to kind of give you even a hint of how my life and then having gotten married, my marriage, and then having been married, our children, how the Word of God has profited us in the 20 years and longer that we've been endeavoring to live the Word. You know, the Word has not failed a single person. There, there, there is no such thing as the Word failing. People fail. People falter. And it doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean that they're not sincere. God says in Hosea 4, 6, My people, they perish because of a lack of knowledge. A lack of what kind of knowledge? Well, the knowledge of God, spiritual knowledge. And the greatest source God has given to human beings to gain the knowledge of God, He wrote it down in a book we call the Bible. And so in this series, we've spent a good amount of time endeavoring to convince you or to at least set you on a trail that you could go follow to convince you that what 2 Timothy 3.16 claims is absolutely true. That the Word of God is God-breathed. That it's divinely inspired. Amen? That man didn't write it. Now, of course, as a vehicle, God breathed upon Moses and David and Paul and Luke and Matthew and John and Mark and the other writers. But it was God's breath. It was the divine influence of the Spirit that inspired them to write what they wrote. And divine inspiration gives us confidence and proof that what they wrote is what God wanted them to write. And that He endorses it as His Word. Now, he has said in here that he has exalted and magnified his word above his very name. Yeah. And that in Jeremiah, that he hastens, that means he's in a hurry to perform his word when people act on it in faith. When they come into, when they obey it, when they sync up with the word, God hurries to fulfill that scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so. Every one of you must take this journey where you become, the goal is to become as convinced as me, as convinced as any other person of what I've been saying, that God wrote it. Now, if you come to the conclusion that the Bible's divinely inspired, that God wrote it, 
that there's a God, you're not Him, and that He wrote it. What, is that? what are the ramifications if you come to that conclusion? Is that going to have consequences for you? What, what does that mean to your thinking about what it says about hell? It better means you better put the right jersey on. You better, you know, praise God, you know. What, what is it going to mean for you married folks? You're going to let the word, if, if you really say God wrote it, God breathed it, it's His word. It's living, it's alive, it's powerful, it's consequential. Eternally, I'm going to be judged by it. Well, it talks to you husbands. It talks to you wives. It talks to you children. Amen. And the word is going to mean nothing in your life. Nothing. Unless you let it carry weight with you. For me, and I'm not perfect, not near, but for me, the Word of God is the final authority on every subject it speaks about. It, it, it doesn't matter what the culture does. It doesn't matter what a pundit says. It doesn't matter what some Harvard professor wants to spout, spout off. It doesn't matter what some scientist comes out in a lab and says is true. If it contradicts the Word, I'm going to call the scientist wrong and the Bible true. Because scientists for centuries told us the world was flat. And they criticized and persecuted anyone who tried to say otherwise. All the while, Job said, 3,600 years ago before science confirmed it for real, that God hung the earth on nothing. Now you get up a picture on the space station and look at the earth and it's hanging out there on nothing. Just like the Bible says. So does science have to catch up with God or is God trying to conform and make, oh yeah, no, praise God. You know, how many different versions of science books are there? Yet God's never had to update His book. Right? Anyway, we could just go down that trail forever. But I want to get into something today about the importance of putting the Word in you. Hallelujah. For the Word of God to do you any good, it's got to be in you. God told me last week, I think I, I uttered it to you, that um, in my study and prayer time fellowship with Him, He said, you know, son, it's, it's not the Word people carry with them that's going to matter in their life. It's the Word they have in them that's really going to matter. So flip back to the left, I think, from where you are, uh, to the book of Colossians chapter 3. And let's look at something here. Y'all got a few more minutes? Glory to God. I, I don't want you to just know the Word. I don't want you to come hear me preach the Word and you, you know, I don't think anybody does, but wave a hanky or shout amen. I like all that. Y'all need to do more of it. Yeah. We got this one preacher in our ministerial fellowship. And that's what he does. Pastor Nancy says something good. And man, she waves it in a little hand. It's pretty funny. Praise the Lord. And uh, praise God. And that, that's allowed in this Pentecostal church, if you like. But all of that is just show. And the Word's not going to do you any good if you don't put it on the inside of you. So look at something here. Paul said, Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you. Let it dwell in you richly. 
Now the word richly here means an abundant measure. An abundant measure. Let the word of Christ dwell in you in an abundant measure in all wisdom. And it goes forth. But do you see here, the word of God is supposed to be where? In you. In you. Now when I say in you, I mean in your spirit. God created human beings first a spirit. Then they have a soul which is made up of their mind, their will, and their emotions. And that makes up the eternal part of a human being. Then that eternal spirit that has a soul lives in a body. Lives in a body. And there's just nothing. It's supernatural. It's spectacular. We're fearfully and wonderfully made in our physical being. But in the end, you want to boil it down. It's about nine parts water and about one part dirt. Right? Amen. And so, praise God. But the Word of God has got to get in us if it's going to have any effect. I was thinking about this today. And, um, you know, Amber and I have discovered uh, through a doctor that we like. His name's Dr. Joel Wallach. And he's really helped us from the natural standpoint. And talking about, you know, why most Americans are dying. They're dying not because of the diseases they get. They're dying because of malnutrition. Because there's not anything in the dirt that the farmers are growing the food in anymore. So you could eat a trailer load of broccoli, but it's just not going to have what it used to have in it 30 years ago because the soils are... Anyway, I'm not going to preach that to you. But we realize that we've got to have 90 essential vitamins, nutrients, oils into the body. They have to go down the hatch every day. And if you don't get the body, they're, they're essential because the body can't make them. Right. And it can't convert it from what you do put in your mouth. In other words, to get those 90 essential essential nutrients in your system, they got to go down the hatch every day. So Amber and I, having discovered that and seeing the wisdom in it, we have spent a good amount of money on high quality vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. Not the the stuff they sell you at at the cheap store. You get about 4% of what's on the label and the rest of you just goes out with the rest of your waste. No, we want really good high quality. So anyway, so we got all of this in the refrigerator and in the cupboard. We took the time. We spent the money. We went to town. We went and shopped. We had it delivered. We took it. We unwrapped it. And it's all in the cabinet. Is Because we took all of those steps, is it doing us any good? It's not doing me a bit of good. There is an action that I must take. And if I don't take that action, it won't matter that I bought it. It it, it won't matter that I have it in my cupboard. It just won't matter. What's got to happen? It's got to go down the hatch every day. Amen. And that takes discipline. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Drink it down. Every day. If you want the benefit of it. You know the Word of God's the same way. Peter said every believer should desire the sincere milk of the Word that they might grow thereby. Right? So if the word is milk, where's it got to go? Down the hatch. Down the hatch. Every day. If you're going to get the benefit of it. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Well, John says about Jesus that Jesus is the word and the word is Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, John 1 says... And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, what did He mean when He said, I am the breath 
the bread of life. He means, I, I, man, I am nutrition, I am nur- it'll sustain you, I have everything you need, but it's got to go down the hatch every day. Amen. Praise God. Paul called the Word of God meat. Yes. See, the deeper and the more mature in it, you get out of the milky stuff and you get over into the real filet mignon type stuff. And, and we want to be the kind of church that serves up good milk, right? right? Good milk Amen. and good hot bread. Easy to go down, right? Go right down. Man, that's great. But don't you want, we want some meat around here, right? Amen. Glory to God. That's, what we, that's the feature of our men's conference is meat. Third pound elk burgers, bison. Come on now, when we do the men's conference, man, it's meat. You don't need protein for a month because you've got meat. Hallelujah. Well, the word of God is meaty. It's got meat. Amen? And you need it. Well, the only way to get it, the only way, you could have it in the freezer. But until you eat it, cut it and bite it and process it down the hatch, you get no benefit out of it. So a lot of Christians, man, they got the word with them. They got the word with them. They got it on their phone. They got it here and they got it there. But the problem is they don't have it in them. Go with me to John, the uh, 15th chapter. John chapter 15. Now, preachers and pastors like myself... Part of what we do is we serve meals. Jesus, in His resurrection, before He ascended, remember He had a conversation with Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, you know I love you. You know I love you, Jesus. What did Jesus say? Feed my sheep. He went through this three times. Right? So listen, when you come to church, come to eat. Don't come to be religious. Don't come to, you know, make you to, you know, assuage your conscience and make you feel spiritual because you check church off the list. No, come and eat. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because by bringing and presenting you and your family here with an open heart, you have an opportunity to have the word of God put in you where it can do you some good. But I hope. Spiritually speaking, that Sunday morning's not your only feeding time. Right. You don't do that in the natural. No. I, I know you don't. I look at you. <laughs> right? Yeah. I bet you already ate. You might have eaten, eaten something else when you got here, and when you leave here, you could go eat some more. So we got this down in the, in the natural. John chapter 15, verse number 1. Now, because of what John revealed and the Holy Ghost revealed to us about Jesus being the Word and the Word being Jesus. So in John 15, 1, when Jesus says, I am, you could easily say, the Word is. Let's read it like that. The Word is the true vine. And my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that's connected to the Word... That bears not fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, God purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean or trimmed or pruned through the word which I have spoken unto you. 
Abide in the Word. And the Word in you. As the branch, that's you and me, cannot bear fruit of itself. A lot of people think they can, but the Word says you can't. Which is right. The Word's right. Except it abide in the vine or the Word, no more can you except you abide in me, the Word. The Word is the vine. See, it's the vine. He's using that as an analogy. The vine's where the branch gets its life, its health, its strength, its nutrients. It's through that abiding connection with Jesus. But Jesus is the Word. Amen. You are the branches. He that abides in me, the Word, and I, the Word in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Hallelujah. For without the Word, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in the Word, what happens to him? He's cast forth. He withers. What happens in the natural if you just stop eating and you stay that way is not eating? You're going to start withering. Your strength is going to begin to be diminished. Amen? And if you don't get that turned around, you don't reverse that process, you're heading to be in a bad way. Amen. So Jesus is saying clearly to us, if you do not abide in the Word, you're going to wither. And men, what do men do with fallen branches, withered branches? Jesus said they gather them up and they cast into the fire because they're useless and they are burned. Now look at verse 7, kind of culminates it here. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it will be done unto you or for you. Now, a lot of Christians are asking God to do something that is not being done. If that's happening, it could be they don't meet this condition. Answered prayer is not all up to God apart from you. That's what religion teaches you. What did Jesus say is the key for answered prayer? You have to abide in Him. You have to maintain a living, intimate, personal connection with Jesus. And His words must abide in you. If you don't meet that condition, you have no basis to expect God to answer your prayer based on John 15, 7. Is that right or not right? Judge it according to what the Word says, not because I spouted it out. Is that, is that what he said? Amen. So see, many people, their prayer lives are frustrated and they don't receive what God would want them to receive because they pray too soon. You, you cannot skip steps. You must invest the Word into you if you're going to bear fruit. You can't just pull something out of the air or pull something out of your mind and expect God to honor that because you uttered it. 
Prayers are spiritual and prayers are founded upon a foundation that is solid and sure and unsettled and that's the Word. The, the issue here is, if you say, if you're, if you're struggling with, why, why? I don't get that. Why can't I just pray? Well, because God doesn't honor prayer. He honors faith-backed prayer. He only answers prayers prayed in faith. And faith comes from somewhere. Faith is not just this nothing that some people have it and some people don't. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we pray a desire, we pray a need, but we're not praying in faith because we skipped a step. We don't have the Word in us like we're supposed to. But Jesus said, listen, sweetie, if you will pursue and maintain a living, intimate, personal connection with me and my words find a home in you. Could we have that in the Amplified? Whoever's running that back there for me? John 15, 7 in the Amplified. Glory to God. Y'all okay? Praise God. So Jesus says here, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts. In your hearts. Now, I came across this today in a place in the Spirit-Filled Study Life Bible. And the, the authors there had pulled out the word heart, talking about putting the word in your heart. And uh, he, he expounded the meaning of the Hebrew word, and I just thought it was so enlightening. When he says your heart, it's encompassing of all of this. Your intellect, your awareness. Amen? So in other words, when you pray, you have to pray aware of what the Word says. Amen. It means your mind, I like this, it means, the word heart means your inner person. Your inner person, feelings, the deepest thoughts and desires of the inner man, your inner self. So you have to understand this principle that for the word to produce the supernatural content of it, whether it's healing, divine protection, Whatever it is you're desiring praying about, amen, from God's Word, uh, that Word has to be invested in, it has to affected your inner self. It has to find a home in your deepest inner parts. In other words, your prayers aren't going to be effective on, let's say, healing. Some people pray very passionate prayers for healing, but they're praying out of desperation or need or even fear. And those prayers go unanswered. But if you would take the time and get yourself some materials and come to healing school and keep coming here because we minister on healing all the time. We never get too far away from it. But put the Word of God into you until the the Word of God on healing has affected your inner self. You've been affected by it down on your, in your deepest part of you. Then, when you go to pray, you're going to find things being different for you. Amen. Go over with me to... Oh, I'm looking at time. I want to get to at least two places here before we close. Proverbs 4. We were there last week, but I want to go here again. 
See, we believe the word's divine, I hope. It's God-breathed. The Bible says that no word shall return unto him void, but God has invested within the word, each word he gave, the power to bring itself to pass. Because, and we'll teach about this later, the word of God is a seed. It works like a seed. You know, a seed, a corn seed kernel, has everything in it to produce that stock. Everything in it, it's in the seed. Amen. Right? So when you find a healing scripture, think of it as a seed. You see it, you get excited about, oh, I'm going to have it today. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have a corn kernel and get excited because you're going to have a popcorn today? No. no, you know you've got to work that thing. That there's a process that you've got to go through to get a single corn kernel to produce for you. Amen. What I'm telling you to do is, let's say that you're dealing with pain in your body or sickness, disease, a diagnosis. You need to dig in the Scriptures. You need to pull you out a list of healing Scriptures and healing passages. And those are all seeds. And you need to put those seeds into your spirit, which is your soil, the soil of your heart. Amen. And you just need to do it and do it and do it and do it and do it until your inner self, your inner thoughts, feelings, your, the inner man itself has been deeply affected by those scriptures. If you give a wholehearted effort toward the word like that for your healing, I promise you, it won't be very long and you'll be well. And if you're not, then God lied. Oh, you just never know what God's going to do. See, that's a religious lie. You need to flush that. That's not in the Bible. I know that sounds good, right? Because it lets us off the hook. Whether we're healed, whether we're not, it's not up to me, it's up to God. Isn't that that pretty? Isn't that nice? And it helps us religiously explain away a lot of tragic things. But it's not true. That's the problem. It's not true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The truth is, praise God, that by His stripes, we were healed. The truth is, Psalm 103, verse 3, glory to God that He has forgiven all of your iniquities and healed all your diseases. Why am I sick then? You haven't believed that yet. You haven't believed it yet. Oh yeah, I believe it. You mentally agree with it, but you haven't believed it in your heart. Because if you believed it in your heart, you'd be well. It's not a criticism. Well, how do I fix it? Get that scripture in your heart. I don't know. That sounds like that might take a little work. What's more work? Doing that or having surgery? Doing that or taking chemo? Doing that or letting the doctors take all your body parts out? Piece by piece by piece. We're all going, you know, going away. Living life of going from rehab to rehab and this and that and all the other, you know, trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And yet people, because it's natural, it's something they can see and feel, they go that route. And I'm not saying don't have medical treatment. I'm not saying go that way. I'm just saying we have departed from our faith in the Word to do for us what we need done for us. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 4. Glory to God. So look at this again. Verse 20. My son or daughter, attend to what? 
See, and this is really just the challenge of it. We're attending to so much stuff in our life, aren't we? We're attending all kinds of things. We're attending to our kids' extracurricular activities and to our careers, to our schedules. And we have scheduled out the attending to God's Word. And we wonder why we have so little fruit of the Word manifested in our life. It's really sad. I, I weep, I, you know, and I'm trying to, I know what time it is. But I've, I've been there and stood over people that died with young wives and sweet kids, and they died because the, I could not, I couldn't get them to attend to the Word. You know, I just say, hey, would you give the effort, just equal it out, equal it out. The, the attention, the effort, the investment in the medical arena, give God equal time. Give God equal time. I dare you. I said, I'll clear my schedule. You'll be my sole focus. I'll read these scriptures to you. I couldn't convince them. They love Jesus. I couldn't convince them. And it's not, I'm not talking about one person. I'm talking about five or more. That I stood over and held their hand and, and, and embraced their loved ones as their young one died early. And they didn't have to. That's what's said. They did not have to. It was not some sovereign decision from God that we don't understand. It's that people don't see God's divine, holy word as powerful enough, big enough to get them well or on the other side. And it's really sad. And I understand it, but it just doesn't have to be that way. This is, I'm a simple person. I'm an Oki from Muskogee. That's, I'm just a simple person. Let's read this and just think about it in simplicity. My son, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, the words, are life unto those who find them. And they are health, Hebrews says, medicine to all their flesh. Those three scriptures, just just lift those three scriptures out of the Bible. If we cannot, are they true? I'm going to make you raise your hand. Who believes it's true? Is it true? Even if you have cancer. Is it true? Even if you have the coronavirus. Is it true if you were diagnosed with AIDS? Is it true if you're a diabetic? I mean, can we, is it only true for the headache? If it's not true, what does that mean if these three scriptures cannot be trusted? 
I'm going to go back to drinking beer. I'll buy the first round. Anybody wants to go with me? I'm going to go back. What are we doing here? I told you I'm a simple person. You know, any doctor comes in, they got a little white coat and they hang a little stethoscope around their neck. You don't know anything about them. And you got this thing and they took some blood and they came in a room and you weren't there and you don't know anything about blood tests. And they came in a room and they said, listen, sweetie, Brianna, you got a very serious diagnosis here. You are in trouble. But the pharmaceutical company just issued a new FDA approved medication. And if you follow the prescription morning, noon, night till the bottle's gone, you have a 100% chance of living. What, are, what would most people do? They'll be like, they're going to go back to making plans. All the fear is going to go away. They still have all the symptoms and the sickness in their body, right? But this guy said that if you swallow this, that you have a 100% chance of recovering and test show and just to... And how disciplined would you be based on what that guy said? Would you make sure that morning, noon, and night you swallowed that? What are you demonstrating? Faith in the doctor's word. See, really, you want to break it down and make people really uncomfortable. And that's not my goal. But I, I, you just have to shock people sometimes whether you and I are healed or going to remain sick, broke or poor, whether we're divinely protected or vulnerable to the happenings of life out there. It's going to come down to what you believe about the Word. Amen. See, the Word is your life. The Word is your life. And I just believe, this is me, that if, is this not a recipe? If you attend to my words, you don't let them depart from your eyes or your, keep them in the midst of your heart, right? That the words are going to give life to me and bring health. It's going to be medicine to all my flesh. And it doesn't cost any money. You don't have to take off work to keep this appointment. But you can't get Christians to do it. If they can't get it in a prayer line, or in some desperate prayer they pray, regardless of how they talk, then they're not going to get it. But again, if you will do this, you will find it's true. And if the Word of God is medicine to your flesh to those who are sick, guess what, the, guess what the Word of God on finances is? It's medicine to your finances. See, the Christian life is very simple. This is the way I live my life. If I get in trouble in an area, then I'm gonna, I am now enrolled in the University of the Word and I'm majoring on that subject. So I have been real heavy on prosperity the last two years. Why? Because I need it, baby. And I can tell you, I can stand here and say, God's, God's proved Himself. Kim's proved it. We've, a lot of us have. Amen. We're going to go to one more place and I'm closing. Uh, Matthew 
12 is where I want to go as we close our closing scripture here. And uh, every person's life, mine, my wife's, yours, everyone. Over a little period of time, our lives are mirror images of what we've done with the Word. Right? See, for all of us, the Word is the one constant. Sister Jennifer has the same Word I do. Right? In this, the denominations are the same. You say, I don't care, you know, y'all Methodists, man, you just, it's like a different Bible. You know, you just read every scripture different. It's the same scripture. We're preaching from the same Bible. Really, the differences in denominations can be thought of as a measurement of how much of the scripture a group of people have chosen to believe. Because there's one segment of us that we just agree on everything except they've chosen not to believe what the Word says about speaking with tongues. But it's the same Bible that's not like they can cut it out. It's not like they can just erase it and have any integrity. There's just a group of people out there that have chosen not to believe. And I'm not questioning their sincerity of belief. But they've just chosen not to believe that part of the Word. There's groups out there putting all kinds of pressure on the body of Christ to preach the Word, believe the Word, you know, just not the stuff on homosexuality. It's not, we don't want you to believe that part because we don't like it. See, it's just just not going to work for you that way. Amen. Amen. And again, uh, man, I'm, I'm working on myself. I don't know about you, but I'm working on myself. But my heart is, this is God speaking to me. And every word of it's right and true. And uh, in every area, I, my, my goal, my aim is to conform my belief, my thoughts, my confession, and my actions in line with what this says. I just heard... Uh, I didn't really read the details of it, but the headline was the largest study on the genome and genes and looking for evidence that people who are homosexual were born that way. The largest study ever done in the scientific community just out said there ain't one. So you mean this Bible's been right all again here? We, we have to do this again. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Really, success is not that difficult. It's just a matter of how invested do you want to be in the Word? Hallelujah. All right, let's close. Matthew 12. These are back to the words of Jesus. Pick it up with me in verse number 33. See, Jesus, I think He's from Muskogee too. Because He's just kind of a real simple black and white kind of person. So listen to what he says. He said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. So we get two choices here, right? We could be a good tree or an evil tree. A good tree or a corrupt tree. We can have good fruit or evil fruit. Oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil 
speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Such a truth. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, brings forth, I like the amplified, it says flings forth. Boing! Flings forth what? Good things. An evil man, out of the evil treasure, meaning of his heart, brings forth or flings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle, unproductive, inactive word, if you look at the Amplified, that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, quickly, what's the difference between a good man and an evil man? There's some, you're right, Brother John, what he says, but it, there's another deeper layer. The, what is in the heart in abundance? Right? Because really what flings forth out of the mouth isn't even a choice. You know what you believe in your heart in abundance? It's going to come out of your mouth. It's not a choice. Whatever you have in your inner self in abundance is going to come out of your mouth. And what comes out of your mouth is your life. Numbers 14, 28, God says to those unbelieving Israelites that wouldn't go in the land. He said, the very words you have spoken in my hearing, I will do to you. Not what I want for you, but I'm going to do to you according to what I heard you say. Think about this. The difference between a fruitful person and an unfruitful person boils down to what they have in their heart in abundance. Now let's just say, for argument's sake as we close, that, that Trey, that, that you and me and Joshua and Debbie, we're, evil, we're, we're not producing good fruit. We're the bad tree. Is there hope for us? Is there a fix? Oh, thank God there is. But what is the fix? I have to change what I have in my heart in abundance. Right? And we can all do it. We can all do it. You have three gateways into your heart. Three. You ready for them? Your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. Your eyes, your ears, your mouth. So what's in you right now, that's how it got in. Through your eyes. If you're full of lust, you know, are you guarding your eye gate? Right? If you're full of negativity and criticism, what are you hearing? Who are you listening to? What's getting in? Because no one's guarding the gateway of your ear. Most importantly, what's in your mouth? What have you been speaking? Praise the Lord. Those are the three entrance points into your heart. Right? 
So does that make Proverbs 4 sound more instructive for you? My son, my daughter, attend to your words. How do you do it? He said, keep them in the mid- before your eyes. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Combine that with what God told Joshua. Meditate on my word day and night. And if you will, if you will, praise God, you'll have success in everything you do. Romans 10.8 says, For the word of faith that we preach is nigh thee, in your mouth and in your heart. Where was it first? Notice it was in your mouth before it showed up in your heart. So you want to get good things in your heart? So it'll come out of your mouth? So you can be a good tree bearing good fruit in your life? Put the word in your eyes. Put the word in your ears. Put it in your mouth. And you change your whole life. Change your whole family. Absolutely steer a course into a brighter day and into a brighter future. But do nothing but listen to the news and say what comes into your mind and do nothing and give no effort towards the Word. You're going to be a corrupt tree bearing corrupt fruit. You won't be able to help it. You'll be sincere. But stuff's coming out of your heart and out of your mouth and it's producing what you're getting. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Get anything out of that today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's all stand.